This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I want to continue from where we were last week. If you never had an opportunity, or if you weren't here last week and you haven't heard that, please go and listen to it. It's not because it's me, but it's because I believe that the Holy Spirit gives me for where we are as a house. And so um, you're going to derive value from that, not because of anything I have to say, but because of the insight he's going to give you. Um, But it's really quite important for where we're going. It's pretty foundational. So I want to continue with that. I want to speak to you this morning on something that I've titled, When Christ, Who Is Your... um, When Christ, who is your life, shall appear. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear. Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. In Romans chapter 6, the context that we're being spoken to, to is a context where God is speaking to us about the significance of who we are and understanding the dichotomy of the fact that we are human beings having a spiritual experience. And what he's doing is he's bringing us to a place where he's wanting to shift the focus and he's wanting to shift the weight of our life because we've been people who've been immersed into living on earth And to varying degrees, we've been successful with living on earth, and we're comfortable with living on earth, but he's at a point where he's starting to introduce kingdom realities. And what he's saying to us is, I want you to come to a place where you grasp the fact that part of kingdom is going to introduce you to a shift. And the shift that's going to take place is the fact that you are not a human being with a spiritual encounter. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. It's a big shift in where God is taking us. And it's a really important one because it changes the emphasis and the focus from somebody who is natural and has an appreciation and a value for who God is to a place where I begin to recognize and value the fact that I am created in the image of God and I'm to live from the image of God in a context called earth. And so it begins to shift once we move into that place and we begin to recognize the fact that we are spiritual entities having a human experience. He begins to introduce us to the kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, he talks about the fact that don't worry about what's happening around you and the fact that you may not necessarily have this or that or the next thing. Because what he's saying is your life is in the kingdom and in his righteousness. What he's saying is, if you make the shift fundamentally and you recognize yourself as being a spiritual entity, it changes where you get your resources for life. As a natural entity, we're dependent on our paycheck and our education and all of those things. And they may have a place in a natural setting, but what he's introducing us to is the reality that as kingdom citizens and as a spiritual entity, everything that you need and your full provision is made available to you through the kingdom. So he's saying, I'm wanting to you for, number one, recognize the fact that you are a spirit having a natural encounter. But secondly, I want you, as a result of that, begin to recognize the fact that as a spiritual entity, the full provision for my life and everything that I need is going to come from a place called the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom is there for. We spoke last week a lot about the kingdom. I want to speak this week about that your life is also in his righteousness. It's in the kingdom and his righteousness. Our righteousness becomes important because our righteousness becomes that aspect that informs us 
as to how we navigate and how we handle ourselves in the kingdom. And if we don't have that, we're at a, in a dangerous place. It's important for us to be at a place where we recognize that we have a spiritual mindset, not a natural mindset. When we try to approach the things of God from a natural perspective, we don't always, have, we don't always see with clarity. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we're left to interpretation. And all too often, if we're left to interpretation, we interpret it the wrong way. So what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to make a fundamental shift in our life so that the fundamental part of who we are, the very foundation of our life is defined by spirit, not by natural. He's wanting to create a new mindset on the inside of us. In Matthew chapter, what is it? Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Would you please pass my water. <clears throat> Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is talking, and when he uses the word repent, what he, the, the word repent actually speaks about a change in nature that results in a new direction. A change in nature that results in a new direction. He's not just sitting saying, you've been doing some stuff, and I don't want you doing any stuff anymore. I want you to change what you're doing. It's more fundamental than that, and it's deeper than that. It gets down to the fundamentals, and what he's really touching on, he's touching on our mindset. What he's saying is, once you get born again, and once you come into the kingdom of God, yes, your nature is changed and recreated. The thing about it is, I don't want you to live in that place. Repentance doesn't only affect us spiritually. Repentance is also to affect us in our soulish realm. So what he's wanting to do is he's wanting for the very foundation of our life, our mindset to become representative and defined by his nature. And as a result of being defined by his nature, what will end up happening is we'll find that the course of our life and the direction of our life will begin to change. When he talks about repentance, he's sitting saying, once you come into the kingdom, you're automatically made a son or a daughter of God. That's what happens spiritually. But in your soulish realm, what he's wanting to introduce us to is the truth of the fact that we're living off a mindset that is defined by the natural. Everything that we do in life is because of where we've been and what's been a part of us and what we've experienced and what we've encountered and what we've learned and what our parents have told us and what social environments have put into us. All of those things combined begin to inform who we are and it gives us an interpretation of life. It's called our basic mindset. It's constituted from natural matter it is the carnal mind and what he's saying is as long as you're living from the carnal mind it has no ability to be able to comprehend and understand the things of God so what I need to do is I just as you spiritually have a new nature I'm wanting to take the nature of who Christ is and I'm wanting to redefine your thinking fundamentally I want to adjust and change the mindset that you live from the foundation of your life so that it becomes constituted from his nature when it changes, all, all of a sudden what ends up happening is I find that my disposition to life changes. I'm not trying to see it from God's perspective, but because God's perspective innately defines who I am, my perspective on life begins to shift. What's happening? 
His, his nature on the inside of me is redefining who I am. It's changing who I am so that my ideas about life begin to shift. I used to think that I was a victim in life. I used to think that life was hard. I used to think that life was difficult. I used to think I could never do some stuff. I used to think that God was... I had all of these ideas. And all of a sudden, what ends up happening is because there is a reconstitution that's taking place in the very foundation of my life, I begin that, to recognize that my ideas begin to shift and change. I'm not thinking the way that I used to think. My ideas are not defined by where I used to be. All of a sudden, I'm thinking some stuff I never used to think before. Why? Because the very nature that's establishing the very grassroots of who I am, my hard drive is beginning to kick in and is beginning to affect me. And suddenly what I find is my ideas are different. And because my ideas are different, I think differently about life and I feel differently. Anybody that wants to tell you how to feel differently, I can tell you right now, get connected to God. Emotions are a fruit, it's not a root. When you change the root, you'll find that the fruit begins to change. As a result of that, I find that I'm in a better place because I end up making more functional decisions in life. I consider things that I never used to consider before. I've got a sense of balance about things. What I find is that the mind of Christ begins to kick in and I start to consider um, situations and the decisions I have to make in that, that reality in a different way than I used to before. What's happened? The very nature of God is beginning to redefine who I am and it's beginning to inform the course of my life. And so I don't live as I used to live. I don't live as a natural carnal man anymore. I'm not trying to be spiritual and holy. All I'm discovering is that his nature on the inside of me is beginning to do some stuff on the inside of me that touches and changes and transforms me. And I become a different person. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, who, hath rede- who has delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Jesus did something incredible for us. Christ did something amazing for us. He translated us from the kingdom of darkness and he has put us into the kingdom of the light. The word translated there is very much a word that we would use in a similar context if you were talking about um, words being converted to a different language. That's what it's like. So it's being converted to a different language. What he's saying to us is this. You have been taken from one kingdom and from one reality and you've been placed into a totally different reality and a different kingdom. And what he's saying as a result of that, the language in this kingdom bears no resemblance to the language where you used to be. And as a result of that, if you want to understand the things of where you find yourself right now, you're going to have to have a new mindset. Because our ability to comprehend God, our ability to understand the way that he works, our ability to be able to partner with him is dependent on our ability to be able to read the situation and hear what's going on. But as long as I'm trying to interpret spiritual things through natural minds, I always end up in a defunct position. That's why so many Christians end up on the rocks. Because what ends up happening is, I have God's life on the inside of me spiritually. The problem with it is, I've never got to that place where his nature has begun to redefine who I am and change the inside of who I am. And so it begins to change the course of my life. And what ends up happening is, as a result of that, I find myself in a place where I'm a house divided against itself. 
You do realize the moment that you become born again, you become a house divided against yourself. I know it's a shock. But you are. Why? Because spirit, soul, and body, I was immersed in the world. And I was living the carnal life. Doesn't mean I was bad. I was just living naturally. And God said, hey, let me introduce you to my love. And when he introduced me to his love, all of a sudden his very nature came in and redefined me spiritually. And so I have soul and body out here still in the carnal world, but spiritual me stepped over this side and I find myself, I have been translated into a new kingdom. But a part of me is over there. That has no concept of who I am and what I'm all about now. God will never leave you in that state. So God is on a process. God is on a mission to bring us to a place where he's going to reconcile us once again and bring us to a place where we are in wholeness and unity. And he's not taking us back to where we are. He's taking where we are into where we're going. You're not going to stay the person you used to be. The Holy Spirit is going to do something in your life. Here's the shocker. Despite what people tell you, there are no naturalized citizens in the kingdom. Rafa, your dad wouldn't get in. (laughs) There are no naturalized citizens in the kingdom. To get into the kingdom of God, you have to be born in. You have to be born in. It's the only way into the kingdom. You know, if you go to New York, New York is always a a very interesting place. And in amongst all the boroughs, you'll find little pockets, little enclaves of different people. And you'll find little Italy there. That's where Patrick comes from. <laughs> and you find Spanish Harlem. That's where Rafa comes from. And you find Chinatown. I don't know who comes from Chinatown. Somebody comes from Chinatown. But you've got all of these little places. You know what all of those little places are? All of those little places are people who brought with them their culture and they came into a new country. But what ended up happening was they missed who they used to be and they missed the language and they missed the food and they missed the culture and they missed the interaction between one another. So you know what they did? They all got together and they formed a little spot where we all congregate. And what ended up happening is you have these little enclaves of people, these little pockets of people who came into a new situation the problem with it is they brought with them their culture and they're living by their old culture even though they have a new nationality there are no naturalized citizens in the kingdom why because God's not interested in us bringing our culture into his kingdom so that we can find a nice little place where we can live yes I love this new environment because it's so much safer I love this new environment because it offers me the opportunity to to live a more prosperous life but in reality I just want to live out of my own culture I don't recognize my citizenship as part of the kingdom So in 1 John 5 verse 4, he tells us a very important truth and something that's so fundamental. We need to keep it at the forefront. Remember this. Remember this. It'll change your life. Only that which is born of God overcomes the world. Only that which is born of God overcomes the world. It's the principle that I want you to understand. What he's saying is this. The reason you have to get born into the kingdom is because you can't come in with your own culture. Because your old culture is never being victorious. And so you're not going to live in victory. You're not going to live in overcoming. You can try really hard to look like a citizen of the kingdom. But in reality, you're here illegally. 
The only way you get to come is you have to get born in. Why? Because when you're born in, what Christ says is, what's of me overcomes the world. So the reason that I'm bringing you into this place is I'm giving you my life. And you come in with his nature. And now I grow up in his nature and I start to discover who I am and what I can do. Because it's not about me. It's about me discovering who I am within his life. So it becomes interesting for us as we begin to move forward because what he's talking about is he's talking about changing us fundamentally so that we become representative of who he is. He's wanting to introduce us to something completely new and different. Actually, the word that they use in the Bible is metamorphosis. It's what happens to a little caterpillar. It comes in, wiggles in, and flies out a butterfly. Totally different. Not a worm with wings, a butterfly. What God is saying is this, when you come into the kingdom and you begin to operate in the kingdom, a fundamental principle that we have to understand is it's not about me, it's not about what I can do, it's not about my abilities, all of those things are great and you take them and you use them to, to live on earth and he, it'll give you some wisdom for earth. But we're not talking about earthly living right now, we're talking about earthly living in the context of being a spiritual citizen. And because of that, what I'm saying is I'm shifting my life all of a sudden because I know how to live naturally, but do I know how to live spiritually? And what he's saying is only things which are born of me are going to have influence. So what he's telling us is this, just like your spirit had to get born again, your thought process is going to have to get born again. The foundation to your life My mindset has to be reborn of him. He's not interested in you trying to be a good Christian. Why? Because it's me bringing my stuff in again. He's saying we have to come to the place where we recognize the threshold. And when I step over that threshold, every time I move over there, I'm recognizing the fact that this is not in me, of me. I'm grabbing a hold of his inheritance. It's something that's due to me. It's something of him. Because when I take that and I begin to apply it to myself, I begin to shift and I begin to change. And things begin to happen in my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. How comfortable are you feeling foolish? Because it's a part of your future. I don't mean that in a bad way. But I will tell you why. Because, you know, we've lived as carnal people for so long. And we're accustomed to carnal natural living. And it's formed the foundation and the parameters and the expectations of our life. And so when I move to a new way of living and I recognize the fact that I'm living as a spiritual entity in an earthly realm, all of a sudden I move to a place where my direction is given through the Holy Spirit. And so what ends up happening is because he's starting to change the foundation of my life, I see things a little bit differently to the way I used to see them. And sometimes I do things a little bit differently to the way that I used to do them. 
Why? Because I'm being motivated spiritually, not naturally. And sometimes that motivation conflicts with where I've used to be. It doesn't make sense to where I used to be. That's okay. Because I know what it is to be human, but I'm discovering what it is to be spiritual. In that context, you're going to use, you have to get used to a little bit of foolishness. Not only feeling foolish, but the thing about it is, people around you may look at it and say, there's a bit of foolishness there. You're not intentionally trying to be idiotic. What you're doing is you're living from a different paradigm. You're living from a, p- a perspective where you're recognizing and you're getting yourself established in the truth that I am in the world, but I'm not of it. The reason I'm foolish to you is because you're in the world and you're judging me from the world. I might be in the world, but I'm not of the world. My perspective is different. My paradigm is different. My influence is different. My expectations are different. My emotional response is different. My ideas are different. I might seem a little bit foolish to you. I may be a little bit peculiar, but that's just because I'm a spiritual being having an earthly encounter. We live in a, a day and age where we celebrate the individual. Self-actualization is a big thing. and We're going to determine who we are and what we're all about. And so we invite and we celebrate people to give definition to themselves. And we have platforms for people to go and say any old thing they would like, no matter how idiotic, to the entire world. We esteem opinion. And don't point fingers at anybody's opinion because you're judgmental. Nobody wants to be judgmental. But I will tell you this. The inherent danger is this. We are building a culture and we are building a society where we esteem personal opinion. Do you know what that means? It means my perspective and my view on life is right because everybody told me. Here's the harsh reality. This is the paraphrased version because I'm not as loving as God. (laughs) Sometimes when we come into the kingdom and all we want to do is talk about my opinions, honestly, you look like a dumb... (laughs) I never said anything. I know where your minds are at. (laughs) But that's what you look like. You know why? Because we come into the paradigm where we think that we are so knowledgeable and we know so much and we're so aware of stuff. The thing about it is my kids feel that way as well. And they've got opinions about what they think about vegetables. And they think how important vegetables are and what vegetables should do for them. They've got opinions about homework. And they've got opinions about school. And they've got opinions about doing chores. They've got opinions about all kinds of stuff. But you know it's quite amazing as a father. Having had many, many, many years more experience of them, you look at it in the grand scheme of things and you sit and say, you know what, just let me know when you get over that one and we'll move straight on. It doesn't affect you and it doesn't, it doesn't influence you. It doesn't phase you. Why? Because you know it's wrong. In God's very loving way, he looks at us and he goes, seriously, what a dumb. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do 
you know what it says? There is a place in our lives where we come to where we think that we're so special and we're so knowledgeable and we're so in touch with how we should live our life. And the thing is, we give it a good try for a long while. But after we've been hit around by life a little bit and after we've run into a few brick walls, we come to a place where we begin to recognize the fact that maybe my opinions are not quite as sound as I thought they were. Maybe... The God who created the universe that is still expanding at about 300,000 miles per second may have a little bit more knowledge than me. Maybe the creator of the six and a half billion people who are sitting on the earth right at the moment, I'm nothing more than a drop in the bucket, but I'm going to tell the creator about what I think about how life should be. The fear of the Lord. I'm going somewhere serious with this, and where I'm going is this. There is a place in our life where we need to recognize the fact that our, our opinions are not as important as truth. And let me tell you, that is just as prolific in the church. All of us have grown up, I shouldn't say all of us, many of us have grown up with varying degrees of religious influence in our life. And we've bought into a whole bunch of thinking, but we've never gone to the Holy Spirit and sat and said, Holy Spirit, was that opinion or was that truth? Because if I'm basing my life on opinion, I live myself, my life in a compromised position because I don't walk into all that God has for me. It becomes important because if you want to change, if you want to be all that God has provided for you, and if you want to realize what it is to live as a spiritual being, John 17 verse 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. Until you come to that place where you sit and say, I'm prepared to surrender all, and I'm not at a place where I'm hanging on to my opinions anymore. Holy Spirit, I make myself open and available to you because I need your influence in my life. I want to become all that you've created me to be. We live in a dangerous place. Sanctify them by, their tru- by your truth. What he's saying is, I've got to a place where I'm born again and, spirit, and, and the Spirit of God is alive on the inside of me. But now he's at a place where he's wanting to sanctify me. Sanctify is where I'm sitting saying, I want to grab a hold of your mindset, your foundation. I'm wanting to bring the mindset so that it's congruent with the life that's on the inside of you. So the two of them can communicate. So that you can understand the things of the kingdom and so that you can walk into it. That's the whole process of sanctification. Sanctify them by your word. Sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. There are two important references there to God. God and his word are one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying if you want to experience sanctification, you're going to get it by encountering God's nature. You're going to get it by encountering God's nature. It's an invitation to relationship. It's an invitation to connection. I love wine. I said it from the pulpit. It's so fascinating as a world. It is so interesting. Now, let me use this as an example. So you decide that you're going to go wine shopping. So off you go. And you find yourself in the wine store. And you walk down the aisle, and you know what? It's the Chardonnay aisle. This is for Terry. It's the Chardonnay aisle. 
And you have a look at the Chardonnay aisle, and you look across all of the shelves, and you know what? They're like 300 bottles of Chardonnay. And you know what's interesting? They all taste different. They came from the same grape. Every one of them came from a Chardonnay grape. But they all taste different. Not only do they taste different, some are so unique and so interesting that they're valued more than others. And so where you could get a bottle of Plonk for eight bucks, you're going to have to cough up about 500 bucks for this one. Why? Because it's distinctive. It's unique. It's different. There's something about these grapes that are not found in any of the other grapes. The winemaking process is quite complex. But you know where it has its roots? In relationship. It has its root and its starting point in relationship. You see, the vine is in the soil. And everything that happens in the soil, everything that grows in that soil, all the different notes, the earthy notes, the mushroom notes, the floral notes, the rose notes, the, every note that, that is in there, what ends up happening is the vine takes that. And what happens is as a result of the grape being connected to the vine, an ordinary Chardonnay grape gets connected to the vine, and as a result of that connection, as a result of that relationship, the vine takes the life that's on the inside of it and it puts it into the grape. It all starts off with relationship. And you know what? The grape doesn't have to do a thing. It just stays there. The vine takes everything that is unique, that is different, that is peculiar, that is interesting, and adds a varied flavor, a uniqueness, and a distinction to the grape. And so when they take that and they use that and they press that, all of the notes come out. And you suddenly go, ooh, this is a good grape. What you really mean is it was a great vine. What did Jesus say? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 15, uh, 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Do you know what he's saying? I'm just calling you to be a grape. If you stay connected and you stay in relationship with me, stuff is going to happen in your life. When you stay connected to the vine, I'm going to do some stuff in the very foundation of your life. I'm going to change the very context of your being. I'm going to change the hard drive to your life. I'm going to change your mindset to what you get from me. And what ends up happening is you're going to be a different person. Not because of anything you've done, but because you valued the significance and the importance. Because you made time for connection and relationship. That's all you have to do. So how does it work? Matthew 
uh, sorry, Luke 17, verses 20, 21 says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's in your midst. There are a couple of things I want to pull out of this quickly. The first thing is this. His disciples thought that the kingdom was coming sometime in the future. And so he used the opportunity to correct them. And what he said to them was this. He said, no, 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 no. Come, guys, get together here. Listen, I've been with you for so long. Wake up a little bit. He says, because I am with you, the kingdom is in your midst. But the Holy Spirit is coming. And when the Holy Spirit comes, I will no longer be in your midst. I will be within you. The important point about that is this. Take out number one. Christ is the kingdom. What he's saying is, I am the one who defines the kingdom. I am the kingdom. The rule and reign of Christ on the inside of us is what kingdom is all about. How is he going to do this? What is, he, what is he going to do? You see, the kingdom carries within it everything that God promises us. Blessing and our inheritance. And how he's called for us to live. And so the thing about it is what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to take that and he's wanting to get congruence between that and our mindset. He's wanting that to define our mindset. So he's going to use a process called revelation process called revelation what it means is this there are two sides to the revelation coin what he's going to do is he's going to take God's ideas and he's going to reveal God's ideas to us he's going to open up those ideas the thing about it is the difference between revelation and an idea is that revelation comes with power you see ideas will change your thinking but revelation will change your mindset People will give you ideas about life, and ideas are good. Good ideas are especially good. But revelation will change your mindset. The intention is, the process of revelation is to take the things of God and to deliver them in a way so that what it does is, it begin, the power that's inherent within that begins to bring about change and transformation in you. The result of that is that you will be revealed yourself. The true you and who you are. You see, you thought you were the person that you grew up to be. You thought you were the person that everybody thought that you were. You thought that you were the person that society defined. You thought you were the person from your education and everything else. But that was never the true you. Part of revelation is to take the truth of who he he is. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear. What is it? I'm taking of the kingdom. I'm taking of Christ. I'm taking of his nature. And when he shall appear, I will be like him. What is he saying? Revelation is all about getting into relationship with God. Revelation is all about hearing the words of God, listening to the Holy Spirit speak to me because it carries within it inherent power. And the Holy Spirit is going to use that power so that the very nature of God can begin to redefine who I am and begins to redefine my mindset and my foundation. And all of a sudden, I have a look at that stuff and I start to recognize the fact that who he is and what he's all about is giving definition to me. 
I'm seeing differently and I'm thinking differently and I'm behaving a little bit differently. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the fact that he's doing something on the inside of me to make sure that when he appears, I will appear like him. He's using revelation. Revelation is the process. Words are the tool. Words are the tool. He uses rhema. Rhema is the spoken word. It's not me speaking it to you. It's in the context of intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit where you hear him speak to you. His voice is more important than anyone's. If you're not hearing his voice, the challenge with it is I can't step into recreation because that's how it comes. It's the tool. It's the catalyst. It's what takes the things of the kingdom and the very nature of God and it's what brings them into our soulish realm. It's what deposits them and they carry with it power. In a very real way, The intimacy of relationship that we share with the Holy Spirit is designed to bring us to a place where we begin to experience the fullness of who God created us to be. He's taking us back to his original design. You were created in his image. The only way we get back there is through Christ. That's why he paid the price. Why is it important? Because when I begin to step into that realm in a very practical way, when I allow him to begin to change who I am, I begin to walk out of a reality where I begin to understand and encounter what it is to be spirit on earth. It's not just some nebulous thing wandering up there. It's about the redefinition of who I am. So that as I encounter life, spirit comes first. Spirit gives perspective. It's in that space where I'm introduced to the reality of how I'm able to bring heaven to earth, the kingdom into reality. God has an incredible plan for our lives. And the thing about it is, he's so loving and he's so good, he just calls you to be a grape. He just wants to know how much do you value it? It's all there. But I've got to make a decision about whether I'm prepared to position myself in that place. Because it takes time. It takes commitment. Seek first the kingdom of God. It takes priority. But until I can come from that perspective, the challenge with it is I always struggle because I'm a house divided. It's prioritizing that sets me up for him to do something in my life that brings me back to a place of unity. All things are possible to those who believe. If any two on earth shall agree as touching anything, it'll be done for them. What could happen when you bring together spirit and soul? Just a thought. Father, I just want to thank you for every person represented here. I thank you, Father, for the incredible love that you have for each one of them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just unsettle every person 
with such a desire for you and the things of God. I pray that you will work in their lives and leave them at a place where they have a deep hunger. Because I know, Father, that when they position themselves in that space, the vine is always there. And I want to thank you for what you do on the inside of each one of us. I thank you for newness of life. I thank you that we get to experience your nature inside of who we are. But you don't just limit it to a a spiritual encounter. You want to take that so that you can bring us to a place where we know what it is to bring heaven to earth. We know what it is to live in a spiritual realm, even though we're having an earthly experience. I know that Rafa prayed earlier. But if you want a touch from the God who's more than enough, at the end of the service, I want to invite you to come down here. There'll be people to pray with you. I also want to extend an invitation. I don't know where you are in your own personal life with God, and I don't know if you've ever had an encounter with His love and being introduced to him. But if you haven't been introduced to him, I want to encourage you at the end of the service to come down as well. Everything starts and ends in relationship. Father, I thank you for blessing on every person here. I thank you for a week of abundance a week of peace, a week of prosperity. I thank you for a week filled with opportunities to bring heaven to earth. In Jesus' name, amen.